Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump into the message. What's up, everybody? Name's Micah Mack. How y'all doing tonight? Y'all good? Y'all good? Are y'all good? Come on, y'all. Can you hear me? Come on. Can you hear me? You know what I'm talking about? Some of you have no clue what I'm doing. You're looking at me thinking, this guy's weird. He looks weird, y'all. That's crazy. Hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you a picture of my family because studies show that if I show you a picture of my family, You have a better recollection. Where's my family, y'all? There they are. That's not actually Micah Mack's family, but I'm just going to keep doing this for a minute, all right? But studies show that if I show you a picture of my family, you have a better idea. You remember what I say, all right? So there's my family. Hey, let's do something real quick, and then we'll move on. By a show of feet, right? By a show of feet. No, hold on. We're not going to do feet. Do not kick your neighbor in the face, y'all. Don't kick your neighbor. And I'm so glad that a couple of you are laughing because some of you know what I'm doing. Okay, let's go ahead. Let's do it by a show of hands. By a show of hands, who's ready to hear me preach tonight, y'all? Let's go. Let's go. I like the excitement, but some of y'all don't listen. Some of you shouted. I just said show of hands. Just show me your hands, y'all. All right. Y'all like to shout? We'll shout. Let's do this. If you want to hear me preach, let me hear you scream, y'all. Come on. I love it. Keep that energy all night. All right. Lastly, and then we'll move on, y'all. All right? Is that good, y'all? They like it. We family, y'all. All right. One more time. If you would be so bold, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, if he's done something in your life, would you stand to your feet and give him the biggest praise and the biggest shout? Come on, Jesus. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. Y'all can sit down now. That's good. That's good, y'all. All right, I'm excited to preach. I won't do the Micah Mag voice the whole time. What's up? Okay, I got one more question, y'all. I got one more question, then we'll move on. What do y'all say when you see a cute baby? What do you say when you see a cute baby? Say it. Ah. What do you say when you see a cute baby? Ah, ah, come on, say it. Ah, you see a cute baby. What do you say? Come on. Ah, now look at your neighbor. Say you look really weird, y'all. You didn't have to do the y'all part, but he just does y'all all the time. Okay. That was actually exhausting. I'm not gonna lie to you. My mouth is parched. I'm heavy breathing. Okay. Here we go. I won't do the mic. Do the voice. No, no, I'm not going to do the voice the whole time. Okay. For real, though, I am excited to be here. I'm excited to preach. It's a privilege to be on the stage to share God's word. I am going to bring a word from God. Um, and I should preface this. I only do the mic of Mac voice. I don't make fun of him whatsoever. I do it because I know he's a man of God, and he's a great preacher, and he gathers people's attention. Do I have you guys' attention? Yeah, okay. So that was the purpose of doing it. No disrespect whatsoever. He's a great guy. I haven't, like, truly met him, but I think he's a cool guy. 
So anyways, I do believe the stats thing, like if you show a picture of your family, they're not up there anymore. Cool. Um, show a picture of your family, like people remember it more. I didn't actually verify it. I didn't look it up to see if it was true. But I've heard enough people, enough preachers, enough pastors on a stage say, hey, if you show a picture of your family, then, you know, that's, uh, people remember what you say. But that can be very dangerous to just take what somebody says and say, yeah, that's true. Because I'll start in this area, because I've heard people say this plenty of times, and we're just going to get right to it because we're in the love series or relationship series. Love, relationship, same deal. And so we're going to start with the juicy one. This is what I've also heard people say to do. You can go ahead and have sex before marriage, sleep around with girlfriend, boyfriend, or whoever, for that matter. But scripture shows me that isn't true. I've heard plenty of times, you do you, boo-boo. Mm. Phil, get yourself some followers. Get yourself a platform. Get all that you want to do. You do you, boo-boo. But what does scripture say? Scripture says to deny yourself and carry your cross. How often? Daily. Come on. What's another example? Just some, like, cliche, right? Society is like, hey, go ahead, get drunk, try to be famous, do drugs, like all sorts of stuff, whatever it may be. But I'm telling you, Scripture points to a different style of living. And so this is not even really point one. I'm not even in my message, so get ready. I'm not even in the message. This is like introductory point number one. You've got to read your Bible to know what's true. You can't just take what people are telling you and believe, yep, this is factual. I can't just say, if I show a picture of my family, then people are going to remember what I say. That, that I have to do some research. I have to dig into it. So the first point is, you've got to read your Bible to know what's true. I wish I brought mine up here. I'd, I'd touch it more. You know, whatever. Anyways, here's what happens when you read your Bible. And I've heard this said from, uh, I think his name is Pastor Kurt Graham. Fisher knows who I talk about. When he preaches, he does this a lot. He gets all excited. Yeah, he knows. Pastor Fisher knows. He gets all excited. We're friends, Pastor Kirk and I. We're not. Um, but anyways, he's a great speaker too. So he said something along these lines. I made it my own words. But God's word is the opposite of food. What do I mean by that? Uh, let's take breakfast, for example. What's your favorite breakfast? Shout it out. Lucky Charms, okay. Cinnamon roll. I was waiting for that one. You guys hate breakfast, clearly. Uh, cinnamon rolls, I guess. I like it. Good job. Thank you. So, whatever. Do you guys, like, how often are you going to have, like, a big breakfast like that? Now, they just have Saturday. Like, for our family, it's like we go camping and, like, maybe we have a big breakfast. Okay. So, say you've got eggs. You're eating some eggs. I heard someone say cinnamon roll. Like, you're eating a cinnamon roll. Now you're moving on to the pancakes, it's buttery syrup. It's start, so you're starting to eat a lot, and you're starting to get full, right? Maybe French toast, too. I like French toast. Did anybody say French toast? Yeah, some of you like French toast. So anyways, the more of that that, the, that you eat, you start to get full. And so you're like, I'm, not, I'm done eating until my next meal. Some of y'all are like, I'm done eating until dinner. Others of you are like, I'm still getting a cinnamon roll at 1030. Like, I'm not skipping another snack. I'm, I'm a snacky guy. So anyways, you stop eating because you start to get full, at least until your next meal. But God's word and the hunger for it is the opposite. The more that you eat or consume God's word, the more that you want it, right? It satisfies the soul, so there's contentment there, but there's a desire for more because you want to know God more. And you can't get enough of it. When you, when you pray for wisdom and knowledge like Solomon, you begin to see new things in Scripture. You begin to get the things that you're praying for. 
like when we went to conference where Micah Mack spoke, and uh, I was just finishing up a Bible plan, and he talked about how he does one psalm, one proverb, and one uh, chapter of the gospel every day. And he just cycles through. And I'm like, I'm going to do that. That sounds cool. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm praying, God, just give me wisdom and understanding. Like, let me know your scripture more. Let me know your character more. And I'm telling you, God has delivered that to me. That's the reason I'm preaching tonight. Like, that's the reason Holy Spirit worked through me to write these words on a page. So you, you start to realize, like, I'm still hungry for God's word. You begin to see things in the world differently. You begin to recognize that maybe you have sin in your life. And you want to you want to correct it. You want to do things differently. You have different desires because you want to desire what Jesus has for you. And I'm telling you that Jesus has more for you. So let's put it this way. Proverbs 23, 17. Did I do a slide for this? I made it awkward by asking about it. Proverbs 23, 17. Turn to your Bible. If you got one, I encourage you to bring your physical Bible. I encourage you to bring journals with you so you can take notes. Uh, Proverbs 23, 17 says, do not let your heart envy sinners. But always be zealous for the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. And here's what I got out of that. And, and I'm, not, I'm not judging or, like, calling some of my friends sinners. But there's a group of friends, like high school, college friends, that we don't really hang out anymore. We're still kind of friends. Like, I still want to disciple to them. We still have a group chat, but we don't really hang out. At least I don't. And so when I see this passage and I see... Maybe the guys are getting together and playing some cards and drinking beer or something, right? You know, fun times, right? But for me, I, I think, don't let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the Lord. And again, I'm not, I'm not passing judgment, but I'm telling you, God has pulled me to desire new things, more things, and better things than the things of my past, right? So I'm not going to fall slave anymore to the addictions that used to hold me down, the things that in my life that I was like, and I'm still a sinner. Scripture says that we all fall short. We all fall short in sin, right? But I'm telling you, like, we're, I'm a, still a sinner, but I don't desire those things. Why? Because Jesus has more for me. I don't want to go back to those things. And his love, like I said, it gives contentment, and, and it satisfies us. But in our satisfaction, we still continue to want more. So that's what reading the Bible is like. That's what it's been like for me. I continue to learn more about God. And it's not just, I don't, it's not, I just want to memorize scripture so I can, scripture out of my back pocket when I need to use it. No, I want to know God more. I want to have a relationship with God deeper, better, right? So it's not like real food that you eat it and you get full. God's word, like you eat it and you get hungrier and hungrier and hungrier and you want to keep going back to it. And I hope you guys experience that. Okay, we haven't prayed. Let's pray. Dear Lord, bless this message. Amen. And some of you need to take note right there because it's that easy to pray. And so you're thinking, where's he going with this? He's talking about reading his Bible and praying. That's not that profound. That's not that earth-shattering. It's super basic. It is super basic, but it's something that we as believers need to get back to. We need to, we need to read our Bible and we need to pray, right? So how easily and how quickly did I just pray to? And I'm not making light of, like, that was not just, like, to be a joke. That's a real prayer. It's all about your heart, right? So if you want to pray, it's as simple as saying someone's name. I've heard someone said Pastor Craig Groeschel earlier, and I'm pretty sure this is where I heard this from. Um, he would say he inhales, and then he exhales. And on his exhale, a name comes to mind, and he just says, Lord, I pray for Oliver. 
Lord, I pray for Thomas. Like, a name comes to his mind. And it can be that easy to pray. We overcomplicate it, right? But if you don't have a name to pray, let's say it's like, I don't got the words to pray in this situation. I mean, a friend maybe asked me to pray for them, or like, I've never really prayed out loud. Just say the name of Jesus. Because the name of Jesus has power. Do you guys believe that? Come on, the name of Jesus has power. So if you're like, I'm struggling, I don't know what to pray, Jesus. Have you ever huddled up in a circle and people are praying, and maybe this person's praying over here, and the person next to you is just going, Jesus, Jesus. Why are they doing that? Because they're inviting his presence and his power into their prayer and into their situation, which has more power than any words that we can say, the name of Jesus, the name above every other name. Come on, somebody. That's good right there. But listen, it's not, so here's the deal. We don't, you don't have to pray this big public prayer, right? Like back in Jesus' day, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they'd wear these big fancy robes, and they'd walk around, and they'd be like, oh, I, I know the scriptures, and I'm praying out loud. And they were doing it for attention. Their heart wasn't right. And Jesus was like, that ain't it, chief. That ain't it, chief priest. <laughs> Some of you get that. That if you read the Bible, you get that's good. Okay, that ain't it, Pharisees. Like that, no, that's not what it's about. It's about your heart. You're not praying to get praise for it. You're praying to get closer to your Father. And Scripture often says that Jesus withdrew by himself and prayed. If Jesus often withdrew by himself, it doesn't say Jesus occasionally. Jesus sometimes withdrew and prayed. Jesus often withdrew and prayed. If he's doing that, how much more do I got to do that? But there's nothing wrong with praying in a group setting either. So if you're praying in your small group or you're praying, uh, uh, Maddie Mom led us in a moment, I don't know, a month ago where we prayed and didn't even do small groups. Like, that's powerful because Scripture says where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just your heart, right? So it can be simple. God, I pray that you would give me confidence as I deliver your message tonight. I had to pray that. I pray that I would have a great day at school. Lord, I pray I know that, I know that something's going on with so-and-so's parents. I, pr- I pray for them, Lord. I know that uh, this friend of mine is kind of getting bullied in school. I pray for them, Lord. Like, it can be simple, and it can be quick, and God hears our prayers. Do you guys believe that? God hears our prayers. So let's go to this. Let's go to the title of my message. I'm going to let you guys in on something. I accidentally wrote the message of my title, and I wrote it in two different spots, and I had to correct it. The message of my title is, wait, no, that doesn't make sense. The title of my message, took a while to get to this, sorry, note takers, love takes action. Say love, say takes action. Now let it preach. You don't have to say that. Okay, help me out here. If, if I told you directly, no one else, if I told you directly, you can go get something for free from the snack shack, would you stand to your feet for me while I get a drink of water? Wait, hold up, hold up. If I told you you can go get something free from the snack shack, stand to your feet. I told like, I don't know, I'm going to say like eight people maybe. If I directly told you, I said, hey, here's this little code word I'm giving you. You got to go to the snack shack. You can get something for free. That's cool. How cool is it when you realize that your stuff was paid for? Pretty not cool, apparently. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought you guys would like it. How many of you told somebody, hey, I went to the snack shack and my meal was paid for? If you could just raise your hand. You got one. 
Wait, did you guys, wait, you were, you got told, okay, who told somebody? Okay, original people, sit down, I like it, no, you're good, we're good. Here's what I want to say in this illustration, is that when debts were paid, when what they were purchasing was already paid for, it was free, that's cool. And did they tell anybody? I don't want it to be a silent room, and I'm not calling anybody out here. I don't want it to be a silent room, and I don't want people to not be told when their debt is paid, they got to tell somebody, right? Did anyone hear about it being free? Stand up if you heard about it. So some people did learn about it. I love this. This is what it looks like to disciple Come on. Did anybody hear about it but not go get something? Did anybody hear about it but not accept it? One person. That can happen in real life too sometimes. I told Jacob directly and he didn't go get one. You owe me a dollar. No, I'm just kidding. Listen to me. If you truly committed to following Jesus, your debts have been paid. And it's time to go tell somebody about it. No more being comfortable in our church circle. No more more being comfortable in our circle of friends. Your debts are paid. It's time to go tell somebody about it. And if you've truly committed to being a follower of Jesus and you believe Jesus is Lord, then you might be okay with the fact that the whole world may hate you on account of me, me being Jesus, right? And that means that you've got this just fire in your belly, like, insatiable, like, I gotta go do something about it. Juliana Barthlow, that's what she's doing. She's gotta go do something about it. We had her over for dinner, her and Jacob over for dinner last night, and she was like, I just, I can't keep putting this off. I, she's talking about different plans for the future, but it's like, those plans can wait. I gotta go tell people about Jesus. Right? You gotta have this fire, like, you gotta, you wanna go do something. What's the title of the message? Love Takes Action. So I want to let you know that in this illustration, not everybody got a free free meal. But I do want to let you know that the free gift of Jesus is for you, for each and every one of you. So let's say it this way. If I had the, what's the newest iPhone? 14. If I had the newest iPhone, iPhone 14, and I said, you can take it for free. You don't have to pay a monthly bill. You get as many gigabytes as you want. You can buy whatever you want on the app store. You don't got to pay any costs up front, any charges, would you take it? Samsung people are like, nah. <laughs> what about uh, any gamers in the room? PS5. If I said PS5, it's yours for free. Okay, nobody likes PS5. Scratch that one off. Okay. Somebody, yeah, I don't care. Some, some new gaming system, y'all. I got to get your attention again. What about this time of year, weather's cold, ooh, I could use a trip. Uh, I could, yeah, we got people in the back. Come on. I could use a trip. Come on. If I said it was free, would you take it? The, the whole, like, every part of it, the whole time you're there, every meal you eat, when you're in the airport and you get Chick-fil-A before you fly out, when you think there's a cool Minnesota sweatshirt because you're flying out of Minnesota, you're like, I'm getting it. That's free, too. The whole thing, it's free. Yeah, some people are going. I like it. What about, this is funny, what about uh, some of you guys driving, you're like, 
I need a new ride. So some of you, it's 2023, some of you are in a 2002 hand-me-down, hand-me-down, hand-me-down Chevy Monte Carlo. (laughs) And that ain't it. You're rolling up to school like, and you're not bumping your music. You're like, I don't want anybody to see me. Get out of your car. Hey, how's it going? I did not drive that here. Let's just walk. Let's go. If you wanted that for free, what's, maybe I'm wrong here. Every high school girl wants a Jeep, right? Yeah. So if I said, there's a Jeep for you, would you take it for free? Come on. What about going out to eat with your friends? Would you take it for free? Half price apps, take that. Ours is free. It's free. Who's seen that commercial? Free, 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 free. That's this right here. Free. Listen, though. Ooh, come on. This is good. Take note. Here's the difference between all of those things and the free gift of life that Jesus gives you. Those things will end. Jesus never will. Come on. Praise God. Those things will end. Jesus never will. Why? Because you're going to want the PS6 or whatever, Xbox, when that comes out in five years. And you're going to want the newest iPhone 16 flip, mega galaxy, whatever they're going to call it then. They keep selling you the same thing, but just at a higher price. They make minor tweaks to improve it and to upsell you. They put a camera on it this big, so now you got 11 cameras on the back of your screen. They're just making minor improvements to upsell you. Jesus sells you the same thing, but it's constantly free. Come on. And it gives eternal life. And why does Jesus not have to make any changes? Well, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's perfect. So he doesn't have to adjust and add a camera or whatever, put in whatever scenario you want. Jesus sells you the same thing over and over and over, even when you say, I don't want it. I'm not taking this. But it's constantly free, and it's always waiting for you to take it. Love takes action. Pastor Madison talked about uh, a month ago, maybe. Love is more than just this, like, ushy-gushy feeling. Oh, I love them. They're so sweet. I love them. Ah. Uh-huh. You have to choose to love over and over. First John chapter 3, verse 18. It says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And let me say something. Here's not, yeah, that's cool. Here's not what it says. We do not have to love with words or speech so we can curse people down, talk bad to them, and hurt people with our words. No, that doesn't say that. It says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and truth. Why does it not say that? Because Scripture says how good is a timely word? How good is an encouraging word? Scripture says that the tongue has the power of life and death. So it's not like, hey, you can just speak however you want with your words. No, you still have to be loving with your your words, but let's do it with actions and in truth. Let me expand on it. You can see the whole thing. 1 John 3, 16 to 18. Y'all want to know what love is? Y'all looking for love? This is how we know what love is. Funny timing. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. 
Love takes. I choose to love my wife every day. I choose to love my daughter every day. And they are amazing. So it's so easy. It's easy for me. But Jesus chose to love us even when it was hard. Love takes action. Love requires sacrifice. Because I love my daughter, if she wakes up in the middle of the night crying, I'm going to get up. I'll sacrifice my sleep, and I will go soothe her, and I'll hold her. Yes, Pastor Madison's already been in there for 45 minutes, but that's not the point. I'm still sacrificing my time, my sleep. I need that. That's, that's another word, like get good sleep, y'all. That's so important. Jesus chose to love us even when it was hard. If I like football. I like watching football on Sunday. I'm a Titans fan. Yeah, okay, cool. I knew that would do something. Yeah, we got one. All right, here we go. Um, I knew that would stir up a little bit of conversation. So I'd like to watch football on Sunday, but I now that we have Hazel, it's like I'm not going to intently watch football the same way. Why? Because I want to be intentional with her. I want to spend time with her. I want to take action and show her my love. Because what's, what's a better picture? Okay, this is me on a recliner. What's a better picture of love? Good job, Hazel. Keep stacking them blocks. That's what I'm talking about. Yep, get your chicken. Good job. All right. Oh, back on. Honey, you got her? Watching the game. Or, Hazel May, good job. That's so awesome. You're stacking your blocks. I love you so much. You're doing so good. I'm so proud of you. Yep, there you go. Daddy will help you. Good job. I love you so much. Come on, that's easy. The one taking action, right? That's the better Showcase of love. Love takes action. But Jesus went through something. Like, that's easy. Like, I can just get my butt up off the recliner and go show action. Jesus went through something harder than anything we'll ever go through. Did you know that Jesus, when he knew his time was coming, was deeply distressed and troubled? His soul was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. In Mark uh, chapter 14, verse 32, Jesus is knowing, like he's knowing, my time is coming to die on the cross. Like it's soon. So it says in 1432, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John, his three closest disciples. He took them along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Why did he feel this way? Because he knew that soon he was going to be going through something extremely difficult for us. Listen, about a month ago, I was sick for like 12 hours. It was weird. Could you not? First time I think I've thrown up in like four years. Praise God, I never get sick. But when I do get sick, it's like, this is the worst thing ever. I am such a bait. Amen from Pastor Madison. This is the worst thing. I'm laying on the couch thinking, this sucks. I am deeply troubled right now. If I sit up, I might get nauseous and throw up. Pastor Madison, showing love and action, made me chicken noodle soup. I went, no, I can't do it. I'm too nauseous. Yeah. I thought, I can't do anything. I'm just laying on the couch. I am overwhelmed, and it feels like death. 
That was me. But you know, at 12 hours later, or after I threw up, sorry, TMI, I felt way better. Right? So like 24 hours later, maybe a couple days later, you're over the sickness. No big deal. But Jesus, he took it. Mm. Jesus took whips to his back, thorns in his head. He was spit on. He was made fun of. He was mocked. He was beaten. And for crying out loud, he had to carry his own cross to his own grave. Someone, it says in scripture, showed, they came and helped him carry it the rest of the way. But it's like, that's my, it, this is physically impossible, but it's like carrying your own casket to your own burial. It's like, of all the things you've already done to me, of all the pain you've put me through, I have to carry my own darn cross to this place? That's overwhelmed. Jesus took action because he knew what needed to be done, what he was called to do. And after all those things, he was nailed to a cross so we could have free life. Have you ever, like, had a hangnail or a paper cut? Those hurt. Just hear me. Those hurt. And they last for, like, four days. It's like, why is this so painful? You guys are laughing. That's not, don't laugh. <laughs> Imagine a nail going through your hand on a cross, both your feet, right? That's taking action even when it's almost impossible. But if Jesus told us he loved us but didn't do anything for us, eh, no, that won't help. Would we believe as much that he truly loves us? If he went up to this person and Okay, I hesitate to say this because mostly just for humor, but I'll say it. If you went up to somebody and said, good to see you, man. Now go on with your blind self. See ya. Watch out for that pole. <laughs> no, Jesus didn't do that, right? So like, okay, it didn't land. Um, anyways, action would be healing. And this is a different sermon because not everybody receives healing, but whatever. Like action, Jesus took action. Let me read, let me tell you about it. When he heard of Jairus' daughter and how she was sick and there was a need, he took action and went and raised her from the dead. By the way, on the way there, a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years with such strong faith that if I can just touch the fringe of his garment, I will be healed. Healed her because there was a need and he did it by taking action. When Jesus learned that there was only five loaves of bread, two fish, he took action, looked up to heaven in the prey, Breaking bread, having it multiply. Matthew, the tax collector. He was living a life of, of shame and guilt from turning against his people because he's a tax collector. So, like, he's good with the Roman government. He's got a nice place. He's got good, good money. He's a smart dude, did well for himself. But Jesus knew he desires more. So he said, Matthew, son of Alphaeus, follow me. And through that love, that action, Matthew's life was forever changed. He's got a book in the Bible. I encourage you to read it. Love takes action. So this is from BibleConnection.com. I was doing some research. It says, the distinguishing mark of Jesus' followers is how faith influences their daily actions. How they work alongside coworkers, how they solve problems, how they speak to spouses and children or friends and classmates. How they work out problems with church members. 
Jesus' followers live differently, demonstrating love consistently toward others. Mm, that's good. Say it again. Jesus' followers live differently, demonstrating love consistently toward others. Who knows what I preached last year? Good message. Whoa, oh, hey, someone said something. Yeah, so something, yes, you're right. Jacob, you get free something. Yeah, there it is. Love God, love people. The two greatest commandments, Mark 12, 30. How are you ever going to remember Mark 12, 30? The two greatest commandments, love God, love people. Hmm. Oh, hey, when you go to lunch, I stole this from the Frizzells like three years ago. Um, when you go to lunch at 12.30, you can think, oh, love God, love people. Good middle of the day reminder. That's cool. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The Bible connection continues. Uh, it says, in a world where so many people feel beat down, insecure, worn out, the behavior of a loving Christian is refreshing water for parched and weary souls. Love is an action, and my question to you is, what actions will you take to love like Jesus? So we're almost finished up here. Who in this room, by a show of hands, is a procrastinator? It's actually not bad. Good job, everybody else. I mean, good job, you guys too. So I'll tell you a story. It's hard to preach up here. Your mouth gets so dry. When you have schoolwork, that's the classic example. You wait until the last night to get it done. Most people, yeah, me too. I had a roommate in college who was king of procrastinating, specifically when it came to schoolwork, so we'll stick with that example. Still to this day, we joke with him about it. He was notorious for somehow, always, I can't believe it, getting extensions. I, I don't know how. Hey, I know this was due today at class. Class is over. Can I just get it extended like through the weekend? Sure thing. Just turn it in online by Sunday night, 11.59. We're good. Just can't be Monday. Somehow he was so good at always getting extensions. And I'm like, how can I want an extension? Like, I don't want to do that. But he's good with people. He's a great communicator. He's a great connector. He knows how to talk to people. He could probably talk to some of you guys. In, well, probably all of you. I don't think he knows any of you talk to you guys in this room for five hours and you would be like, that was a really good conversation. Like, he just knows how to talk. He could probably talk to the wall and you'd be like standing by like, that's a pretty cool conversation actually. Like, he knows how to talk. And hear me on this. In, in, in a moment, no one in here has any obligation to do anything. No one in here has any obligation to give their life to Jesus. No one's forcing you to do anything. I won't use any fancy words. But can I warn you of something? That when it comes to entering through the gates of heaven and your time on earth is complete, there is no extension to the deadline. God's graceful and God gives second chances. But in that moment, your last breath, you'll be face to face with Jesus. And one of two things will be said. Well done, my good and faithful servant, or away from me, for I do not know you. And in that moment, you can't say, oh, God, can I get an extension? <laughs> like, 
just give me like a week, I'll make things right. Because I want the well done, the good and faithful servant one. That's what I want. And I didn't get it done in time. Can I just get an extension? Listen, it's heavy. It's heavy. But there's no extension to the deadline at that time. The importance of this. So this is what we do in this moment. This is why we do this. We give an altar call. What's that? It means we give people a chance in this room to say, today, tonight, I'm choosing to follow Jesus. I'm choosing to declare that he is Lord. Wherever he goes, I'll go. And this is a holy moment. It's not just a bullet point on a Wednesday night. Okay, do this, do the first worship song, message, altar call, check, check, check. No, this is a holy moment. Why? Because we don't ever want to miss a moment where someone can say, I'm choosing to follow Jesus. It's a holy moment. And as I was, t- I was typing this, I'm like, yes, it's a holy moment. It's a holy moment. It's you and God. So I don't care what my friends next to me are going to think if I decide to say I'm choosing to follow Jesus. Why? Because when, you're, when you die and you're face-to-face with Jesus, friends are not there. It's you and Jesus. If maybe you've got family members who go to church every Sunday, they're great Christians, they won't get you to heaven. You have to get you to heaven. So we don't want to miss a moment. So I'm going to do things different tonight. I'm going to give two separate calls, okay? The first one is for anyone who has never, ever, never, ever, never, 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 ever, ever given their life to Jesus. If you've raised your hand in the past, this first moment is not for you. There will be one. This first one is for the person who has never truly with their heart said, I am giving my life to Jesus. So if everyone's heads bowed, eyes closed, holy moment, the person next to me is irrelevant right now. It's me and Jesus. I don't want to be distracted. I'm not going to be a distraction. I'm focusing on Jesus. So if that's you, you've never, ever, I'm going to do a second call. This first one, if you've never said that I'm going to follow Jesus, on the count of three, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be bold. And I want you to lift your head and look me in the eyes on the count of three. If you've never decided to follow Jesus, and on the count of three, you're going to lift your head and look me in the eyes. That's you tonight. One, two, three. Lift your head. Look me in the eyes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. never follow Jesus. I want to choose tonight to do that. If that's you, this is your holy moment. We're going to stay here. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're in this room and you're like, I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. I want a beginning that's built on his love. A couple years ago, maybe I was all in with Jesus, but things of this world have constricted me and I've lost my fire, I've lost my vision. To those recommitting their lives to Christ, who say, I want to say, I'm, I'm truly going after Jesus and, and I'm not going back to the things of this world. I'm following Jesus. And I've, I've said it before, but this time, like, I'm doing it. So if you want to recommit your life to Jesus, 
and truly live for Jesus from this point forward with eyes closed, heads bowed, just slip up your hand in this room if that's you. One, two, three. Lift your hand. Yes, God. We'll put those hands down. Scripture says something along the lines of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents and comes to God. So there's rejoicing in heaven. For those of you in this room who said, I'm committing my life to Jesus for the first time, or I'm recommitting my life to Jesus. And now what is it time to do? It's time to take action. So let's pray this together as a body of believers. Repeat this after me. Say, dear God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Thanks for giving me a true example of love. Lord, help me to show godly love through action. I admit that I am a sinner, and I admit that I need a Savior. Tonight, Lord, I choose you. Amen. All right, in this place, stand to your feet. Again, holy moment. It's you and God. If you got to step away from your friends, if you got to feel like you got to come to the front, there's not enough room, do what you got to do in this worship song to get along with Jesus. All right? Let's worship God. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights, and the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.